1: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another brand new episode of Decoding the Unknown. As always, I'm your host, Simon. What here? One of my writers, in this case, Ilza, she writes me a script. It's uh, the mystery of Britain's alien big cats. The real mystery, as uh, you know, is often on this show, is why people believe in this. But, uh, so I I am British. I am from the United Kingdom. Great. Oh my God, I was on a website the other day. It was, it was, I swear it was like British Airways website. It's like booking a flight. And they were like, what nationality are you? And this is a tired joke, but I was like scrolling through and I'm like, well, first of UK, no, UK's not there. Great Britain? No. British? No. English, English. There we go. <laughs> it's like, okay, why does it have to be so hard? Can't we just all agree that it should always be UK? Can't we just agree on that? Sorry, that this isn't why you're here. Let's just get on with the script, shall we? Thank you, Ilza. Um, If you're new, I've never read this before. It's all new to me. It's a cold read. We explore it together. Beautiful the moors may be, but you best get yourself back home before the sun goes down for a night she prowls a large black beast with glowing eyes and teeth that would make the saber tooth in the ice age call for backup she goes by many names the beast of bodmin Moor, the exmoor beast the wildcat of woodchester the beast of burford the fen tiger of cambridgeshire and boris (laughs) really all these epic i don't know did boris used to be a cooler name I mean, because all I think about now is a floppy-haired prime minister and uh, a, a tennis player who, who is in prison. <laughs> Boris, what are you doing here? I don't know what Boris did to deserve a name like that. Maybe he's a bit of a party animal, but I digress. COVID lockdown party animal. Sorry, the jokes are so specifically British today. It appears that every village in Britain is being haunted by a beast, a large cat patrolling the countryside, instilling terror in livestock and pets while conveniently controlling the deer population. Creatures of myth and imagination, ensuring tabloid sales are a new species of animal. In need of serious scientific study and preservation so where do you stand on the big cats of england debate this isn't a rhetorical question simon we enjoy your rant so go wild i'll tell you where i stand i think that when things are boring people have a tendency to elaborate to make things more interesting right i think we all know that that's a fact england is very boring i mean in terms of, like, exciting wildlife. There's nothing that will kill you. I think the most dangerous thing that exists in the UK, not even sure if it actually exists anymore, are adders. They're little snakes that can bite you. And they're not deadly. I don't even think they're that poisonous. No one's dying from adder bites. (laughs) And, uh, but so when there's nothing and there's definitely no wolves there's definitely no tigers there's nothing like that like you could just go out and the i do another show called the casual criminalist i probably think you're more likely to get abducted by a pedophile than you are to be like attacked by any sort of wild animal i'm pretty sure the stats will bear that out i have no idea just making it up but when it's boring we have a tendency to make stuff up like in australia there's probably not going to be any legends about giant cats because when there's a legend about a giant cat it turns out that but it's actually real and they have to go and hunt it down like and in Australia It's like there's enough f- trying to kill you that they don't make stuff up. Does that make sense? Am I making sense here that when it's boring We tend to like make up stories because it's boring make make it sense wait there are big cats in England? At this point, there are no recognised indigenous big cats living wild in the UK. That's the official story. However, there have been stories going around for decades of wild big cats living on the British moors. According to The Sun, there are about 2,000 reported sightings every year. Not being from the UK myself, I'll leave those more familiar with UK newspapers to decide how valid those numbers are. Look, I don't think The Sun and it's been a while since I've read The Sun, Um, I don't think they're going to make up a number, but they'll absolutely cherry-pick a number. And I also think, like, 2,000 reported sightings, what, like, 70 million people or something live in the UK? At least 2,000 of them are going to think they've seen something that they haven't. And they're going to be like, or it's just a very big cat. Other sources estimate closer to 500 sightings, which sounds more reasonable to me. Both of these sound reasonable, because there's just 2,000 people making a mistake, or 500 people making a mistake. Regardless of what you believe, though, that's a lot of big cats. No, no, it's not. It's a lot of mistaken people. Alien big cats, also called ABCs, have been spotted from Wales to Scotland. Why are we calling them aliens? I mean, I know alien doesn't just mean from outer space. Like, uh, what is it? Like, if you... Uh, is it, like, if you're an illegal immigrant or something? Is that... Can I use that? Is that... I, I recently heard illegal immigrants, not PC anymore. And I said, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm trying. Let's say you're immigrants, not their legal... That doesn't help. <laughs> Look. I don't... Like, if, if someone's an alien in a country, that means, like, they're not... supposed. Maybe that's the correct term. I don't know. But maybe they're just like, what they mean is not native to this country. Like, these big cats are not native species. All right, let's just carry on. (laughs) This might be explained. (laughs) Alien in this context is literally the next four words. Okay, here we go. Refers to the fact that these cats are alien to this environment, much like a giraffe would be alien to Siberia. Boom! Big brain. It doesn't refer to the cats being from outer space. Heavens preserve us from space cats. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, if the space cats come, they're going to be so advanced. Be like, oh my god, they they evolved to look like cats. The super advanced, faster than light traveling alien species. It's just giant, really impressive cats. The sightings are very similar, but to those who are completely new to the story of big cats in the UK, it usually goes something like this. I can't believe I'm brand new to this. UK people, pop off in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube and let me know if like this is some common thing in the UK because I've never heard of this. Like, never. And I grew up in the UK. Person A is out on the moors late in the day, walking their dog, riding a horse, or whatever else British people do on the moors. Probably having <laughs> not... tea cup of tea in a thermos <laughs> suddenly the dog and or horse will become nervous and skittish this is usually followed by person a spotting a cat-like creature the size of a dog usually a labrador Rottweiler or alsatian size either strolling about or running away the cat is often described as black or sandy brown in color the word black panther is thrown about a lot person a will then grab their phone to take a photo and or video that is the same quality of most Bigfoot footage and doesn't show anything really useful the cats aren't always on the moors though people have reported seeing the animals on the side of the road or chilling in their gardens occasionally people will also report cat sounds at night there were even some reports of the roaring of lions though to my knowledge no lions have been found wandering the uk countryside yeah if there was a lion wandering the uk countryside that would be a big news story and people would be out hunting the out of that lion with like darts i'm sure it's like escape from some zoo they'd probably call it Cecil <laughs> you remember that guy you got all that shit for shooting that lion in Africa. Wasn't there more to that? I felt like with that story, it's like, so it, he was like, some was he Canadian or something like that or American? And he went over to Africa and he shot Cecil the lion. And it's like, bro, the optics of that are a mistake. But apparently, and God, I can't remember if this is correct or not, but there's hunting is absolutely allowed in Africa. And generally, it's a good, it's, it's like uh, approved by the game reserves because like, there was another one with this maybe i'm confusing it with that uh, rhinoceros that was killed there was some there was another story when it was like you know american kills endangered black rhinoceros and everyone's getting all up in arms and it was like the actual story was there was a black rhinoceros that was killing all of the younger black rhinoceroses so the gamekeepers in like the national park in south africa or whatever are like well we need to kill this endangered black rhinoceros because it's lost its mind and it's killing all of the baby rhinoceroses or whatever and then the way it works is they don't actually do it they're like hey rich american do you want to come over and pop off this giant rhino for like 50 grand and there's a, there's i'm sure there's loads of people who are be like shoot an endangered black rhinoceros hell yeah take my money and so they go over they shoot this black rhinoceros the fifty thousand dollars or whatever it is goes to the national park to preserve nature or whatever and i'm just like it's a big win-win i mean sure it's like the optics of it are terrible like <laughs> american shoots in danger black rhinoceros but if you look into it a little bit deeper this is completely ethical and a very sensible way of doing things because the black rhinoceros has to be killed anyway and it gets the, the, the reserve gets loads of money. And so I I think that's what happened with Cecil the Lion as well. And I'm not sure about that. I think I might be confusing it with the Black Rhinoceros story. But right? It's like that makes sense to me. So you know, just look a little deeper. What are we talking about? Oh my god, we're so far off course. Um, there was something about lions, right? <laughs> people have also reported being stalked or even attacked by big cats, but so far, it doesn't seem like anyone has been killed or even seriously injured. Now, in all fairness, very few people go for an afternoon stroll carrying professional photography equipment, and even professionals don't always get good shots of big cats in the wild. Oh, that's bullshit nowadays. Like, I, 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 I don't really anymore, but I used to be into photography. I used to love taking photos. I had, like, cameras and lenses and all of this shit. And I just fell out of the hobby because work took over my life and I don't have time for hobbies. But I bought one of, you know, the the new iPhones or whatever. It is wild what they are capable of. Like low-light photography, portrait photography, quick snaps. It is insane. And I know they're not going to get as good a result as someone, uh, a a professional or a semi-pro, using a, a good SLR or a mirrorless. But it's like... It's insane what they're capable of. So the idea that we're not getting photographs of this because there's not people with professional uh, equipment out there feels a bit of a silly argument. No offense, it's not directed at you.
0: I think I'm offended
1: by that. They're very secretive and elusive, the cats, not the photographers. On top of that, adrenaline kicks in. If I saw a big cat in the wild without a good fence between us or a bush ranger armed with a tranquilizer gun next to me, I would not be sticking around for photos. So I tip my hat to those brave enough to try and get some footage. Of course, this kind of bravery is what gets many tourists almost eaten by big cats in game reserves in Africa, which is really bad for the kitty's digestion. But again, I digress. I will digress as well with a recommendation. Don't leave this video. Or stop listening to this podcast. Do this right now, but just put it in your mind for later. Just look up uh, safari uh, cats entering people's jeeps or whatever. It's mental. There'll be like people, and the doors will be like unlocked, and they're like the tiger will like open the door to the car, and shit, and people are like losing their. It's epic and terrifying.
0: Here you go, I know. <gasps>
1: Big cats ain't nothing new. The skeptics claim that the big cats roaming the moors today are just a new version of the mythological black dog and the cat sheeds. Oh, apparently, it's just pronounced Ketchy. Cat Cider is how it's spelled, but apparently it's pronounced catchy because Gaelic. That's been roaming around the English countryside since the dawn of the British Isles. The Black Dog has been a staple of British folklore for centuries. They are said to exist all over the British Isles, and it's usually described as large, black, and shaggy with glowing eyes. They're mostly considered to be malevolent entities hanging around crossroads and places of execution, as well as harbingers of storms and omens of misfortune. Not your everyday lassie. Of course, some of them are benevolent but they are definitely in the minority. If dogs are not your thing, there's also the cat... Oh, God, how was it pronounced? Ketchy. Ketchy, or fairy cat, a creature from Celtic folklore. It's a large black cat about the size of a dog, but I'm guessing Labrador more than Chihuahua with a white spot on its chest. The cat can mostly be found haunting the Scottish Highlands, handing out curses, stealing souls, and generally just being cats. (laughs) So what do you do? Yeah, I purr. I sit on your laptop, and I steal your soul. Oh, sh- Back in the realm of the real, though England wasn't always bereft of big cats. There seems to be some disagreement on the exact date, but according to the Wildlife Trust, the Eurasian lynx disappeared from the UK around 1,500 years ago. Long before that, the Eurasian cave lion and scimitar-toothed scimitar—is that right? Scimitar? that sounds right. Toothed cat and the Ice Age leopard called the British Isles their home. Today, the only wildcat found in Britain is the European wildcat. It's considered critically endangered, and while it used to roam across Britain. And today the cat is found mainly in Scotland and it's known as the Scottish Wildcat. There are some efforts underway to reintroduce the Eurasian lynx to the British Isles, so perhaps the Scottish Wildcat and the cat kept side will have a new friend to cavort with soon. I'm not into this. (laughs) I know it's all like, oh, it's good for diversity. I was recently- I recently found out that wolves, there were wolves, like wolves have been hunted to extinction in Czech Republic where I live. And then a few years ago, they were like the wolves are back. And people were like, yay, you know, nature. And I'm like, man, are you joking? It's a wolf. I don't want a wolf. i like to be out camping. It's a wolf, man. (laughs) That. Kill it. (laughs) Or put in a box or something, come on! Now before we start calling people crazy for imagining things that aren't there whoops, daisy. it's worth noting that there are confirmed instances of big cats, not just sightings, actual cats being caught in the UK. Okay, in 1903 a Canadian lynx was shot in Devon and is currently part of the collection of the Bristol Museum. Analysis of the cat's teeth suggested they spent some time in captivity so it had escaped from somewhere. However, modern researchers looking at isotope evidence also suggest that while the cat might have escaped from somewhere, it was living in the wild for quite some time. In 1980, a puma was captured in Invernessshire in Scotland. This happened after several years of sightings of big cats in the area. The puma, named Felicity, was sent to the Highland Wildlife Park, and upon her death was stuffed and placed in, in the Inverness Museum. The zoo director was of the opinion that the puma had definitely been tamed and had not been alone in the wilds for long, which raises the question if a big cat had been sighted for years and Felicity wasn't in the wild that long long, what have the locals been seeing? In 1989, a jungle cat, also known as a Swamp Lynx, was hit by a car and found on the roadside in Shropshire. I I mean, I get it, but aren't these just, like, people have illegal pets and stuff? I saw a guy walking, like, I don't know what it was, it was a big cat of some variety, it was just out in the countryside, and some dude was walking, like, some sort of mini lion or something, and I'm like, oh my god, (laughs) why is that? Is that legal? I don't think it's legal. Um, but people do have these illegal animals, and obviously they can escape. So I think that's probably what's happening. But there's not some whole species out there. In 1991, a Eurasian lynx was shot near Norwich in Norfolk. It had a field day amongst the local sheep farms, killing around 15 sheep in two weeks. Oh my god. <laughs> Predators are scary. That is so capable. Once again, it was considered to have escaped from a facility that bred animals, but there doesn't seem to be a missing cat report that I can find. So, if this is the case, a breeding facility lost a very expensive animal and for some reason decided not to report it, maybe the illegal thing. In 1996, a cat was shot by police in Findona, County Tyrone, in Northern Ireland. Some reported to have been a caracal, an African wildcat, while a police report described it as a lynx. Caracals are sometimes called the desert lynx since apparently swamp lynxes and desert lynxes are a thing, so I suppose the confusion is understandable. I am confused. (laughs) It's a big cat of some variety. But all of these are just escaped animals, and there's not even that many. These are years in between. So I'm not… it's just escaped animals, no? In 2001, a female Eurasian lynx was captured alive by police and vets in Cricklewood, North London after a jolly chase across school playing fields and into a block of flats. Lara, as she was called, found a new home in the London Zoo and was later transferred to a zoo in France. Most of these animals were probably escapees, but since no one came forward to claim them or even report them when they pulled their Houdini acts, we'll never know where they escaped from and whether they were in the wild long enough to bump into another escapee and maybe have a kitten or two. I think, no. And also, if they're captive, they probably, or could have been, um, uh, what's it called? Not sterilized? Castrated. I just think the reason people aren't reporting them is maybe they had these animals illegally. I'm not sure what the legal status is, but you might need some sort of license if they're not flat out illegal. The Superhero Origin Story If there are big cats running around England, the main question is where they came from since the UK isn't their natural habitat. There are a number of theories doing the rounds ranging from plausible to completely bonkers. One theory states that the big cats roaming the moors today are the descendants of cats kept by US servicemen as mascots which were set loose when World War II ended. Apparently the cats arrived as cubs, but once the war was finally over, the cats weren't that small anymore and shipping them home became a bit more complicated. Getting my cat into the car for a five-minute trip to the vet takes two days of planning, so I can imagine trying to convince a fully-grown puma to get into the plane's cargo hold. Since it would have been easier to simply release them, this is exactly what happens. Wait, did they really have, like, big cats as mascots? The US servicemen in the UK? That seems a bit insane. That is totally plausible. I still don't think they're real because there's just not enough evidence or footage of them actually existing. But as an origin story, that's pretty good if they actually had big cats as pets. They obviously didn't evolve from regular cats, so... Another more plausible theory states that the cats are actually the descendants of animals set loose when the Dangerous Wild Animals Act came into effect. Up until 1976, there were no laws regulating the sale of exotic animals as pets in the UK. Holy shit. 1976? You would have lions and sh! Pumas, leopards, and other big predatory, predatory cats could be found in any suburban home. If you didn't have one, you could pop into Harrods and pick one up while shopping. No, you couldn't. That's mad. A neighbor taking their puma for walk probably still caused a bit of excitement, but it wasn't illegal and not entirely uncommon. However, when the law changed requiring licenses and enclosures billed to specification, lots of pet owners, either unable or unwilling to fork out that much money, simply set the animals free. Setting wild animals free only became illegal in 1981. How did you not think about this government? We're making them illegal. Uh, So people are going to have to spend a lot of money and you didn't think that people just might release them and that there's no law stopping them from doing that? It's like, where are you releasing it? Oh, well, you know, there's a nice field down the the road. It's like, you mean the primary school? Financially, it would have made much more sense to sell the animals. The lion cub sold for three thousand pounds in 1970, which is apparently forty-five thousand pounds today. Holy sh! But we need to consider the human factor. We humans get very attached to our pets. So to many, the comfort and happiness of their pet running free on the moor would have been worth more than the money that have gotten from selling their beloved pet to animal parks. I don't know about that. Like because that animal's been in captivity its whole life. You're going to be like, be free. Within like two days, it'll be starving to death because it doesn't know how to do anything by itself. Another theory blames the Romans, of course. There were Roman amphitheatres in Britain during the 1st century AD. These amphitheatres were used for gladiatorial fights, races, and of course, events with large and dangerous predatory cats hunting, fighting, and eating people, if the movie's to be believed. There are no records of cats escaping or being set loose in the wild, but the Romans had a lot on their minds with invasions from the britons and also building a really big wall so we can't expect them to keep track of every cat that came into the country no but also it's insane to think that this is actually what happened that if a ne- if a new species was introduced to a country and it was successful it would be two thousand years later or whatever uh, a native species and they would be everywhere and it would just be a normal part of life that we had some dangerous animal but it's not they'd never remain in such a small amount and throughout history, for like the last 2,000 years, never have been in a bigger amount. It's silly. And then there are the slightly more outlandish theories. Even more outlandish than that one, Elsa. <laughs> one of these is the big cats being spotted today, are evolved and or hybrid versions of Ice Age species. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> you know what I argued about the Roman one, about 2,000 years being a long time and how that would work out? Just apply that again to this one, that, that string of logic. Um, only more heavily. It's not impossible for a species that was considered to be extinct to suddenly reappear just go look up the New Guinea singing dog or Kashmir musk deer. However, with the exception of the Colacanth, which had the entire ocean to hide in, most animals rediscovered had only been thought extinct for a hundred years or so. It's a long time, sure, but when you're an elephant shrew, hiding isn't that difficult. However, if you're a big cat species hunting bigger things, like, say, livestock and the unguarded young of early Neanderthals, odds are someone's going to notice you before 1960. This is it. It's like, it, even with the Roman one, 2,000 years doesn't go by with no one noticing it, then suddenly it's like, oh my god, big cats! huh No. Finally, there's the ever-present theory, aliens, oh god, but like aliens from space aliens. Yes, you heard that, right? Some dedicated X-Files fans took the alien in alien big cats to be literal, as in cats. From outer space (laughs) as a cat lover. I would not be surprised if all cats came from outer space. It would certainly explain a lot. As I'm typing this, my cat is sitting on my lap reading my screen, and I've suddenly forgotten where I was going with this and have a strange desire to feed him some catnip. Most peculiar. Let's move on. Are there big cats running around the English countryside? A lot of amateur naturalists and YouTubers have tried to answer this question, and it seems that all agree that the three cats most commonly found in England are the black leopard, the puma, and the lynx. Unfortunately, many of the videos and articles, not all of them, there are some good ones out there, start with some solid science behind it, and then wander off into conspiracy theories about government cover-ups. I've yet to come across any government department competent enough to purposefully cover something up as big as hundreds of big world cats in the country, in a country the size of Britain, for over 50 years. Yeah, this is the thing one of the, my favorite like facts about conspiracy theories or, or whatever, is the bigger they are and the longer it goes on, the more likely they are to be exposed. Like, we know the moon landing's real now. Like, there were genuine, like, back in the day, I could have been, you know, uh, like, I was, obviously wasn't alive. But in the 70s and stuff, it was way more plausible that the moon landing could have been faked. Because there were a lot of people involved and they could have kept quiet for some time. But at some point, those people are going to die. They're going to have a change of heart. They're going to find Jesus or whatever. And they're going to spill the beans. And so one of them is going to have kept some evidence. And the fact that it's been, what, 50 years? 50 something, 53 years and no one has spilled the beans? It's like we know it's real. Because there were hundreds of thousands of people involved and none of them not a single one has come forward with any sort of reasonable shred of proof that the moon landing wasn't real. And I think the same for these big cats. Obviously it's not a conspiracy or a cover-up on the same level... But it's like, this is bullshit. (laughs) Normally, I say the only way to prove the existence of a cryptid like Nessie, the Yeti, or Bigfoot would be to catch the cryptid in question. However, in this peculiar instance, where cryptozoology and just plain old boring zoology collide, actual cats have been caught. So the answer to are there big cats wandering around England is yes, there are on the odd occasion. However, a handful of cats here and there doesn't explain the large number of sightings and the evidence the cats leave behind. And yes, there is evidence aplenty. Okay, let's go. I'm ready to be proven wrong. I mean, look, so far, nothing. Nothing has really persuaded me. People see big cats. There are big cats that have escaped. There are more people seeing… The people are not, for the most part, seeing big cats. Just it doesn't bear it out. There's too many sightings and not enough escaped big cats. However, let's see what this evidence is, because, you know… Open mind. Change my mind. Persuade me differently, Ilza. Let's go. For the scientifically minded among you, hello there. Let's start with some actual DNA evidence. In 2011, the Centre for Fortean Zoology reported that DNA testing on hairs found in North Devon, done by Durham University, proved that there was, in fact, a leopard living in the area. In the name of transparency, this is an organization dedicated to cryptozoology, which is considered a pseudoscience rather than an academic field. But the testing was done by an actual university, not the crackpots with tinfoil hats that some of you are imagining. So let's give credit where credit is due. Okay, then, yeah, like. I was like for a moment there wait, Durham University has cryptozoology in it, I'm like please. No, they don't. But they did some testing for some people who were into cryptozoology, which is fine. We can trust the testing. Let's just make sure that the word that we're getting here is Durham Universities rather than how that data has been interpreted by the cryptozoology people. Let's see how it goes. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So University of Durham did prove there was a leopard living in the area. Okay, although, like, somehow leopard hairs got there. But again, this can just be a leopard that has escaped and hasn't been caught. It doesn't prove anything about there being tons of, like, a whole species, a whole ecosystem of cats, big cats out there. It's just one leopard. Of course, a major concern would be what all the cats roaming the countryside have been eating. Big cats will hunt prey, from rabbits to deer to livestock, and there have been plenty of livestock kills, especially sheep, and the veterinarians haven't been able to explain these. A researcher at the Royal Agricultural University, Dr. Andrew Hemmings, conducted an analysis of bite marks on animal carcasses spanning several years, and concluded that, along with witness reports, the toothpick data he collected suggests the presence of carnivores bigger than those indigenous to the British Isles. But there's more. One of the better YouTube documentaries I watched contacted a big cat specialist, Dr. Mark Elbrock, a puma researcher and field biologist for input on some of the evidence that they presented. While Dr. Elbroch was skeptical about the notion of big cats in England, and he very politely blew some of their evidence out of the water, he did agree that one of the kills mentioned in the video was most likely a big cat kill. But again, this is one. So this group have come to him with all of this evidence, and he's like, nah, 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 yeah, f- Jaguar did that, or some sh*t. But that's because, again, it's just one. One of the kills. Which is just… That's an escaped animal. There's just so few. Like if we had many sheep being taken down regularly and then they were found to have been taken down by a big cat of some variety in lots of different locations at the same time, then it'd be like, oh yeah, there's a species of big cats that we don't know about hunting sheep. But that is not what is going on here, quite clearly. The wounds to the neck, according to Dr. Albrook showed that the animal's throat was clamped, which will crush the windpipe and essentially suffocate it. This is how big cats kill. So unless otters have become a lot more ferocious, something bigger is taking down livestock and deer. Another argument against big cats in the UK is the fact that no dead cats have been found. Cats though mysterious are not immortal, they do not have the blood of kings, so eventually well, they have to die. So, where are the dead cats? Cats, especially sick and dying cats, hide. Anyone who's ever had to anyone who's ever had to give a sick cat a pill can tell you this. When cats get sick and vulnerable, they can find the most ingenious hiding places in the world. Where there are no paranoid owners hunting them down to shove pills down their throats, the cats curl up in the most secluded spot they can find and they die. The possibility of a human stumbling upon the remains of a cat that didn't want to be found before the scavengers find it is slim. In a YouTube interview with the Puma expert, he revealed that he had never, in his 20 years of working with mountain lions, found a cat that died of natural causes. If a dead cat is found, it died violently, probably due to human interference such as car accidents, poisoning. And poaching. A lot of amateur big cat hunters have thought to put up trail cameras, but none of them have caught anything, at least nothing they put on YouTube, that I could find. But before your skeptical little hearts get too delighted, this doesn't actually disprove the theory. No. But importantly, we don't have to disprove a theory. It has to be proven. It's not like there are big cats till proven otherwise. It's like there are no big cats until you can prove it. That's how it works. Look, 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 the trail cameras have caught nothing, no evidence of big cats. Doesn't mean they don't exist. What? I mean, if, I mean, of course it doesn't, but it also doesn't, it, it definitely pushes the argument in the other direction, doesn't it? Catching cats on trail cams is a little more complicated than simply putting some cameras up in trees. If you put your cameras in the wrong place, you can have a conga line of cats in grass skirts dancing up and down the forest and you won't see them. Well, obviously, but again it's not helping the argument it's just it's like there nothing ever was seen in another interesting story by dr Albrook, he mentioned putting up cameras looking for cats in an area they knew were inhabited by cats but weeks went by without getting any footage finally they moved the camera a few meters to one side and suddenly there was footage almost every night you see as one tracker also mentioned cats will take the path of least resistance if there's a convenient dirt road or logging road the cat isn't going to try and clear a new path in the woods also notes I said weeks leaving a camera up for a single night or two is not enough. Cats have a huge territory, and even if you know a cat's there, you've seen the tracks. It could take up to six weeks, depending on the size of the territory, before the cat comes back. In one video, the intrepid cat lover put out one salmon steak as a lure. Cats, contrary to popular belief, prefer meat to fish. Like most animals, they will scavenge, but cats prefer to hunt. Not mentioning that a dead salmon in the middle of the forest is a little out of place. The next morning, the salmon wasn't touched because even scavengers who'll eat anything decided that Commander Ach bar was right it's a trap cats are smart though like they're like i'm not gonna eat that because that is weird why is there a dead fish ready for me it would be like you don't go through the forest you're like oh yeah look at that i'll snack on that (laughs) so why would a cat i mean because they're they're not as bright as us but apparently they're bright enough to figure that out that's blasphemy Of course, all we need to consider the footage. As I mentioned in the UK, Bigfoot enthusiasts and big cats in the UK photographers won't be winning any wildlife photography awards anytime soon. A lot of photos and videos are simply too blurry to really see with any certainty whether or not it is a cat. In some instances, you can also see that it's a house cat, a dog or even a deer. However, some of the photos have me wondering. I live in a country where we have zoos, animal sanctuaries, and wildlife reserves around every corner, so I've seen big cats up close many, many times, and damn, some of those really do look like big cats to me. The trick in this case lies in the tail. The tail-to-body ratio of a leopard is very different to that of a house cat. The snow leopard has the longest tail of the big cats, but regular leopards have pretty long tails, longer than that of a domestic cat. The puma, on the other hand, has a very thick tail, thicker than that of a domestic cat. Finally, the last of the three cat culprits is a lynx which has a short, stubby tail, hence the name bobcat. Oh, I never knew that's where the name came from, there you go! Another giveaway is how animals move. A video taken by Derek Heiner, a police constable, shows a big cat casually strolling across a meadow in the Midlands. Ian Maxwell, a professional tracker from Kenya, analyzed the video and came to the conclusion that it is, in fact, a big cat, based on the bulk of its shoulders and the way it walked. Cats, especially big cats in the wild, use something called direct register when they walk. In order to minimize noise, like breaking grass and twigs, they put their back paw in the exact same spot as the front paw. This allows the cat a ninja level of stealth. Maxwell also visited the site where the video was taken, because judging the size of something is difficult without context. Using markers he saw in the video, like the trees the cat walked past, he was able to get some idea of the actual size of the animal. He came to the conclusion that the animal in the video was indeed a big cat, probably a black leopard. I watched a lot of videos with a lot of so-called experts, but Maxwell is the real deal. The man knows his cats. Yeah, I think he's spot on. But I don't think this is indicative of there being a whole species of cat out of there, out there. This is just like there's there's occasionally big cats that have escaped from people who illegally have big cats. Or they've set them free, or they escape from a zoo, or whatever. It's like it's just like cause just because there's big cats out there doesn't mean they are like endemic to a region. Of course, no video on the big cat in England phenomena would be complete without mentioning Jonathan McGowan, naturalist and taxidermist who has been studying big cats in England for over 30 years. He even wrote a book on the subject. A lot of his field observations and research are scientifically sound. He has a collection of plaster casts of big cat prints, photographic evidence of livestock kills that were most likely big cats based on an analysis of the wounds, and he observed that more sightings are reported on the west side of the country, where the deer population is most dense. he also made some comments that are less sound. He claims that the deer population in the UK is stabilized, showing that cats are doing their job of weaning out the old, the sick, and the weak. However, my research shows that deer are still a problem in the UK, and they are still being culled seasonally. The statement also doesn't really consider the nature of cats. They are opportunistic hunters. They'll go for the most vulnerable prey. Sometimes this is the old and sick and weak, but sometimes it's just a perfectly healthy animal who's wandered away from the herd because it needed space to think through its existential crisis which might explain why we don't see many deer in philosophy. They get eaten, yes, that's the reason. <laughs> he also made the statement that cats will rather hunt smaller wild animals and only hunt livestock when they don't have any options because they are aware of the relationship between livestock and humans and don't want to interfere. Really? Cats are smart, man, that's crazy. They're like, we don't f- with those animals because those animals are in cahoots with the humans and the humans are powerful. <laughs> We know the humans can do things like they have these guns. They trap us with their big brains. This isn't the case. An injured cat can't hunt, so they'll avoid tangling with big dogs and people with guns. But if neither of those is present and the sheep is easy, the easiest meal around, the cat will seize its moment. As I said before, not all sightings are big cats. In some instances, people are seeing other animals in the dark and simply assume what they're seeing is a big cat. Judging the size of something from a distance is really hard, especially if there's nothing around to compare it to. Like a lamppost, which is why people often mistake domestic cats for big cats. The Maine Coon is a major culprit here, as it's an exceptionally big domestic feline. Some have also suggested that seeing threats where there aren't any may have more to do with human evolution. In order to stay alive and avoid predators, humans are more likely to accept an unknown as a threat and avoid it. Also some feel that people's need to see big cats in a country they don't belong is connected to a yearning for an earlier time when the wild was still the wild, and mysterious cats and big cats were watching from the shadows. I completely agree with that. I think, I, I mean, not whether it's like some genetic yearning for the past, but of course evolutionary. Like 99.99% uh, of times, uh, you're walking along, and that rustle in the bushes is not a tiger. But 0.001% of the time, it is. So it always makes sense to assume it's a tiger, just in case, and have a look, doesn't it? That's just how we've evolved. <phone rings> The Big Question A question I came across quite a lot in my research is whether or not there's a breeding colony of hybrid cats unique to England roaming the moors. That seems like the big question we're answering today, isn't it? Because there's the two camps. There's people who believe in this, and there's people like me who just think it's some people, uh, people mostly being mistaken, and then of course there being some people who have had illegal animals or animals have escaped somehow and are roaming the moors. Um, and causing very occasional livestock deaths and very occasional videos and photos that aren't domestic cats. We've seen that there are definitely cats around England. But have there been enough escapees to not only establish a breeding colony, but give rise to a whole new breed of cat? The existence of the Callous Cat in Scotland suggests that big cats in Britain, especially an inbred adapted version, are not out of the realm of possibility. You see, unlike some wizarding families, cats aren't all that obsessed with keeping the bloodlines pure. The Callous Cat is a hybrid between the Scottish wildcat, occasionally nicknamed the Tiger of the Highlands, and Feral House cats. The hybridization with domestic felines is one of the reasons why this cat is considered critically endangered. The end result of this domestic goddess and born-to-be-wild cat is often a black cat, perhaps a little bigger than the average cat, reminiscent of the mythological cat-side that's been roaming Scotland for centuries. If such an intermingling did occur, it might explain all of the sightings of black cats. The black panther that everyone keeps seeing is not actually a species, it's a color variant of a leopard or a jaguar. Where albinism leads to white animals, melanism does the opposite. This genetic condition causes an overproduction of melanin, which causes the dark pigmentation. However, big black cats are rarer than you might think. One figure suggests that only about 11% of the world's population of leopards is black. Considering that scarcity, Odds are that black leopards would have been a higher status symbol than mere leopards, and since they were entering the UK as pets and bred as pets, higher than usual percentage could have been black simply because they were worth more. We humans love selective inbreeding of specific genes, after all. That's how we ended up with a parga dog that can barely breathe. This means that a breeding colony would have started out with a higher percentage of black cats. Than would naturally occur. There have been some suggestions that there might be some inbreeding with the local muggles. Honestly, I'm not entirely clear on how a domestic house cat is going to mate with a black leopard or a puma. I can only assume domestic house cats in the UK have access to chloroform. Is this? (laughs) Jeez, is this uh, even possible? Can a puma mate with a domestic house cat? That seems like... That's not going to work out. However, I did a brief study of this, and if we believe more scientific sources, which I tend to do, that's not possible. Okay, there we go. Big cats can interbreed with other big cats, hence the existence of ligers, a combination of the tiger and the lion, which is massive, by the way. For some reason, when a tiger breeds with a lion, it creates something even bigger than both those animals. Ligers are crazy. And smaller cat breeds can interbreed with each other, as we've seen with the Kellus cat. So, if there's a colony of hybrid big cats on the moors, house cats are, for once, innocent of the mayhem now before anyone gets too excited and starts brainstorming ideas to name this new species there's a problem ligers do exist but males are usually sterile thankfully there are no tigers running around the uk if there was you'd know. A hybrid between a puma and a leopard is possible, though. It's called a puma part, and I'll admit they're very cute. The existence of such a creature is remarkable, since scientists never considered the puma and leopard to be closely enough related to actually produce offspring. However, if you think Loch Ness monsters are rare to my knowledge, only two cubs have ever been born naturally in a zoo without human intervention. Well, outside of humans, putting the parents in a zoo. The animals that were bred by humans, who were so excited about the fact that they could never pause to think if they should, all experienced similar health issues to most hybrids, high fertility rates, and genetic abnormalities. In the pumapod's case, dwarfism was common. I looked around a bit, searching for a living pumapod today, but it seems the somewhat Frankensteinish hobby of creating weird cats from existing cats has, thankfully, ended and there doesn't seem to be any pumapods hanging around in 2022. Yeah, like, don't do this. It's like, look, we've already ruined dogs by, you know breeding them to be all weird and shit, like the pugs that can't breathe. Let's just not start doing this with cats, especially if it's like they're not closely enough related that they're all gonna, you know, get weird genetic deformities and stuff. Don't, don't do it. It's weird. Nature is amazing, and animals do evolve to adapt to the environment, and occasionally this evolution can happen quite quickly. However, you would need several hundred healthy, fertile animals to maintain a self-sustaining breeding colony. The Kruger National Park in South Africa is one of the biggest wildlife reserves in Africa, and is around 19,485 square kilometers, about the size of whales. This park houses around 1,000 leopards. That's a very healthy breeding colony. Keep in mind that male and female territories will overlap, but male territories don't. The biggest moor in the UK is the North York Moors, which is about 1,430 square kilometers. That can house around 70 female leopards, as a female leopard's territory is around 20 square kilometers. However, male territories are much bigger. We're talking 30 square kilometers to 70 square kilometers. So there'd only be about 20 to 30 males. And this is small. Puma territories are even bigger than that. Female territories are around 65 to 500 square kilometers. These are huge amounts of space. While males can range from 150 to up to 1,000 square kilometers. Holy s***. That's massive. And it's unlikely that pumas and leopards will share territory. Now, that's a lot of numbers, but to simplify, 100 animals may sound like a lot, but it's still not enough to sustain a breeding colony. Biologists somewhat disagree, and research is ongoing, but it seems that you'd need around 200 to 500 animals to sustain a healthy breeding colony. No chance. There's never that many. This is not a thing, and it's not real. Without that genetic diversity, inbreeding will occur, and eventually your colony will die out. If you don't think inbreeding is all that bad, take a look at the Habsburg family. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, dude, some of the, you know, you used to look at the Habsburgs, like some of the Habsburgs that were like the most inbred and they have those like oil paintings of them where they, you know, and you know, the painter of that is, oh God, he's the king, make him look good. And he still looks super inbred. <laughs> Can you imagine what he looked like in real life? <laughs> that means that the biggest moor in England is not big enough to support a breeding colony of cats, but I hear a yell in the back. If we have, if we put all the moors and wild rural areas side to side, surely they'll be an area the size of Wales. And this could be true. If that's the case, then sure, the UK could support a breeding colony. But if that was the case, there would be more dead cats on the road, since the cats would have to cross from one county to the next to breed, and cats are not very good at crossing roads, especially black cats. I had a black cat that would follow me down a dark corridor at night, and when I turned around, the little bastard would close his eyes. Almost broken ankle multiple times. You simply won't see a black cat in the dark in time to stop a moving car. Yeah, I'm sorry, there's just not enough evidence for this. And not anywhere close. To illustrate the point, Mark, Dr. Mark Albrecht told an interesting story about a wildlife park in Santa Monica. The park's around 650 square kilometres and houses 12 pumas. Much like you'd find in the UK, the park is surrounded by humans, not necessarily cities, just towns and farms. This park will lose between one and three of their big cats annually to car accidents. Oh, okay, it's not a zoo. It's just like a, a, a wildlife park. So they're, they're loose which is intense. It's just big cats roaming. I know other countries have these big cats, but it's still weird to me as a British person. Oh, they lose two to three big cats annually due to car accidents. And that's just one park. Now, if you spread out a couple of parks across an island the size of England, you're going to have to deal with a lot more dead cats than we're currently seeing. So... If you put all of that together, the chances for a breeding colony are low. It's true that animals evolve to adapt to their environment, but in order for a hybrid species to be considered an actual species, and not just animals that are cross-bred between two different species, like the liger, it needs to be able to reproduce independently. Most hybrid animals have high infertility rates, and the two natural puma pods never produced offspring. On top of that, while large parts of the UK is rural farmland, there are still a lot of people, roads, and cars about. If there was a breeding colony of cats traveling from one area to the next to mate, this video would not be an unsolved mystery channel, but a channel focusing on big cat cat protection and preservation, (laughs) which would get way less clicks. Can Big Cats Survive in the UK? There may not be a breeding colony, but that doesn't mean escapees can't survive in England. Cats are incredibly adaptable. Okay, I kind of thought, like... If you're like big cat that you've been feeding like steak or whatever in your garden for like its entire life and then you set it free in the moors, I just kind of assumed it would die fairly quickly because it would be like, I, I don't know how to hunt. You've given me food on a plate. It'd be like putting me in the moors. i would be like, what the f*** am I supposed to do? Just eat grass? Hope that I can find some apples? Like, what's going on? I can't survive. They can thrive in deserts, jungles, mountains, and even snow. The UK provides for most of their needs. They have an ample food supply and very little competition from other predators for those tasty morsels. The UK has lakes and rivers and streams far more than what a leopard would be used to in Africa, so water's not a problem. There are protected areas like moors and forests where the animal can take shelter. The only thing they don't have a abundance of, mates, so that might become a bit frustrating. However, you don't need a breeding colony to have cubs. I came across this delightful story from Benjamin Mee. That's the guy the movie We Bought a Zoo was very loosely based on. I can't tell it nearly as well as he can, so once you're done watching this video, smashing the like button and giving a glowing review on iTunes if you're listening to This as A Podcast, thank you so much. Feel free to go and find this interview with The Biome Project. In short, me did, in fact, buy a zoo, Dartmoor Zoo in Devon, in 2008 and six driving home one evening, with two other friends in the car with him, they came across an animal lurking by the side of the road. Initially he thought it was a deer, so he so he stopped in case the deer got in its mind to run across the road. However, upon looking closer he realized it wasn't a deer. It was a puma. Now, this man bought a literal zoo, so he should have known the difference between a deer and a puma. His first thought was that the puma, his pumas escaped, so they rushed back to the zoo to find both pumas accounted for. Now, for the rest of this tale, we'll be using the word allegedly. Okay, oh my god, what are we wandering into here? Asking around town about the pumery story found two possible stories. The first was that five pumas were allegedly sent from Plymouth Zoo to Dartmoor Zoo after Plymouth Zoo closed down. In 1978. However, only two arrived. The owner of Plymouth Zoo allegedly released three cats into the wild. Oh my gosh, yeah, definitely allegedly. A favourite breeding pair and an extra to keep them company and babysit the cubs. We assume. Another story went that the previous owner of Darmore Zoo, which was very nearly closed down to its pure, poor reputation, allegedly lost three pumas that escaped into the wild. Now, three cats don't make a breeding colony, yet we discuss that hundreds do, but they could certainly produce a few generations of offspring before inbreeding takes its toll. However, me believes the exceptionally cold winter of 2010 might have beaten inbreeding to it. Are the cats A DANGER TO HUMANS While there have been some reported attacks, none of these attacks have been conclusively proven to be perpetrated by a big cat, and no serious injury or death has been reported. So at this point, the answer is probably no. Most solitary predators, like big cats, will avoid hunting humans as long as there is other easier prey available. An abundance of sheep farms means that should easy prey in the wild run out, there would be plenty to eat on farms. Indirectly, this will definitely affect humans, because big cats eating your livestock can affect the turnover and profitability of a farm and lead to financial problems. However, it's only when the prey in the wild has dried up and the sheep on the farms are locked up tight that big cats would consider turning on humans. However, long before that happens, there'll be enough proof of cats that the government would have stepped in, we hope. Yeah, the government would be like, okay, look, we discovered there's lots of big cats and they're attacking people. But it's, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's like 20, it's the 21st century. Those cats are. <laughs> and now there's a warning label since the human race can't function without them. These cats are not pets. Wandering around the moors alone at night with a piece of beef jerky to lure in the beast of Bodmin Moor is going to be a disaster. If an animal is cornered and it feels threatened, even a domestic animal it's going to fight back. If there are young nearby, it will fight back even more viciously. So we beg you, don't try to copy reality shows or get TikTok followers. If there are dangerous animals about, be it big cats or rabid hamsters, leave them be. Or if they threaten livestock or humans, call an animal animal Wellness organization or the police to trap and remove the animals safely. Yeah, desp- <laughs> rabies is real and it is 100% deadly and it's terrifying. I made a video on another channel about how rabies is genuinely the most likely thing to m- create a real life zombie like pandemic. So, yeah, don't be touching those scary wild animals. I don't think there's rabies in the UK to be honest, but like, just don't if an animal looks all scary and. Sh- Don't go near it, don't touch it. If it scratches you, if it bites you, go to the hospital. Because if you get rabies, you will die. Conclusion! The only thing I'm not sure we've explained yet is the huge number of big cat sightings, even if you consider that many of the sightings are false. Based on the sheer volume of sightings, unless the entire UK is using hallucinogenic drugs on a daily basis, plenty of the bar, at least some people genuinely are seeing something big cats or otherwise. Now, I grew up in a smallish town, and the first people to notice something out of the ordinary, like a big animal that shouldn't been there or a dodgy newcomer dressed in black, are the locals. I'm not saying oh, we should abandon science and listen to every tom, dick, and with a mildly interesting theory, but to simply disregard hundreds of sightings made by locals of a community simply because they're not scientists means that we could be missing out on something amazing. I'm not disregarding them because they're not scientists, I'm disregarding them because there's no evidence. And it doesn't take a scientist to, like, snap a photo with an iPhone. There's just… it's people being… I, it's got nothing to do with how reliable they are as individuals. It's got to do with how reliable the evidence they're collecting is. And it's not. And when it is… It's so few that it's just easily explained away by escaped illegal pets or not illegal, like licensed pets, like big animals that people have in their homes or escape from zoos or whatever. As for the cats themselves, have we decoded this mystery? I think we have. While there may be cats running around Britain, there most certainly isn't a breeding colony, and unfortunately it's doubtful that there's a whole new breed of cat. That would have been a very exciting discovery and a definite win for cryptozoologists everywhere. As for where the lost souls on the moors come from, cats. Are escape artists. They escape from zoos and breeding programs all the time. Reputable zoos and programs will report them missing and make every effort to find them. But the cats are probably sowing some wild oats and living their best cat lives while on the jailbreak. Of course, the blame can also be placed on the illegal pet trade. Yes, second only to the drug trade in the UK. You gotta be shitting me. The illegal pet trade is the second biggest illegal trade in the UK. I can't believe it. I mean, surely there's tons of other. Sh- Alcohol? Cigarettes? I mean, those are legal, but there's definitely, like, black markets for them, um, of, like, you know, uh, smuggled in, like, duty-free, cheaper, that kind of stuff. If you visit your local animal shelter, you'll see how many house pets are abandoned by people simply because they didn't realize the time and effort that goes into caring for a cat or a dog. Now, if you think Mr. Fluffy Butts is a lot of effort, consider the effort that goes into something ten times as big and strong enough to drag an antelope up a f***ing tree. <laughs> You can't exactly call your local RSPCA, so what's a pet smuggler who bit off a bit more than he can chew going to do? Well, there's a convenient moor just down the road, and so the beast of insert name of moor here is born. So far, the cats haven't hurt anyone, and odds are, as long as they're left alone, that shouldn't change. In fact, a couple of big cats keeping the deer population in check might actually be a good thing. So go out there, take photos, take video, please don't get eaten, and keep the beast appreciation alive, because let's be honest cryptids are cool except they're not cryptids they're just big cats that escaped it's cool though it's cool but it's there's not a breeding colony out there this has been an episode of decoding the unknown thank you so much for watching or listening uh, if you enjoy this show please do leave it a review if you're listening as a podcast if you're on youtube this also goes out as a video by the way uh, hit like subscribe and i'll see you next time